Good afternoon, my friends. Paige Browning here from the KUOW Newsroom in Seattle. Here's the wrap on today's top stories. It's Friday, January 19th. Sound Transit is thanking riders after a rough week on its trains. Trains that carry more than 100,000 people a day on average. Light rail is disrupted for three weeks of repairs. Salvador Aranda commutes every day by train from Angle Lake to Westlake. You can see there's a lot of people that are stressed because they don't they don't know what's going on. They're still kind of figuring out. Some of them are just completely clueless like me for the first few rides. Trains that run the whole route only come every 26 minutes, but they have not all been on time. If I miss the one that goes all the way straight, that puts me about a 30 minute behind on my arrival to work. So, yeah. Yeah. And a weekend reminder, the stations between Westlake and Stadium are closed this weekend. There will be shuttles instead. Sound Transit officials say the work is going to bring more reliable service, but acknowledge that's not much comfort when you're waiting in the cold. Regular service is back February 5th. Seattle's still dreaming of a streetcar that could take you all the way from South Lake Union to the Stadium District to Capitol Hill. But that expansion plan would now cost nearly half a billion dollars, a huge increase from the last cost projection. Ann Dornfeld reports. The streetcar expansion dubbed the Culture Connector would link the other two lines in South Lake Union and First Hill. It would run from Westlake to Pike Place Market to Pioneer Square. But a new consultant report says the extra line would likely cost more than three times the original estimate of $143 million. It's not the first time the price tag has gone up. After then-Mayor Jenny Durkin paused the project and called for an outside cost review, the next estimate ballooned to $252 million. Many proponents of the plan have said the First Avenue line would be the missing link connecting the two other streetcar lines, both plagued by low ridership from the beginning and that it would make the system function as a whole. The project would be a massive undertaking at a time when far fewer people work in downtown office buildings. But it's been championed by Mayor Bruce Harrell as part of his strategy to revitalize Seattle's downtown. Ann Dornfeld, KUOW News. A hero story is emerging from Portland this week. An 18-year-old woman saved a baby in Portland whose family was electrocuted when a live electrical wire came down on their vehicle. Majaya Washington saw a flash out her window and then watched the scene unfold. A teen and two young adults were electrocuted, but Washington saw one of them holding a baby and watched as the baby moved its head. She then went and carefully picked it up. I'm just thinking that this is something like, you know, you see a baby, like, you know, who's not going to go save a baby? You know, I just thought like, you know, like I have a nephew myself. I have little brothers. Just I will want I will want somebody to do the same thing. You know, like, yeah, I will hope somebody will do the same thing. She says she kept a low crouch to avoid sliding into the live wire. The child is OK. And emergency officials in Portland are praising Washington for the rescue. Fatal car crashes have reached their worst levels in decades, and Washington officials have an idea to slow drivers down, putting technology inside cars and trucks that keep drivers from speeding. John Ryan has the details on this idea. 
State officials say speeding has skyrocketed since the COVID pandemic hit. It's a factor in about a third of all deaths on Washington highways. The state transportation department is conducting a one-year test of anti-speeding systems in its fleet. Some systems warn drivers when they exceed local speed limits. Others actively slow a vehicle down when it's going too fast. King County is looking at the technology for its fleet, too. The tech is available as an option on some cars now and is required on new cars in Europe. Federal safety officials in November urged that the United States follow suit, though they say it could be challenging to get the public to accept it. Safety officials say slowing down would save lives. It would also save on gasoline and pollution, since cars tend to run most efficiently below 55 miles an hour. John Ryan, KUOW News. You may get some blood donation requests coming in. Northwest blood banks are close to calling a code red on the collective shortage of donated blood. That's according to Washington's Department of Health. The recent cold weather is partly to blame for the shortage, according to the health department. Blood banks declare a code red when there are four consecutive days of emergency blood levels, and Washington's nearly there. Shortages are most severe for type O negative. business section of our show, Starbucks may have to reinstate a fired employee at a Marysville coffee shop and pay them back wages. That's the recommendation a local administrative law judge made to the National Labor Relations Board this week. The judge sided with Quinn McCoy, who claims Starbucks illegally fired them for union organizing. I just started crying because it's like it's like such an overwhelming sense of like validation to get that ruling. (laughs) Starbucks says it will contest or appeal the ruling depending on the Labor Board's final decision. A Starbucks spokesperson said McCoy was fired for violating company policy unrelated to the union campaign. The NLRB has, as you'll recall, already found the company guilty of anti-union tactics in dozens of other complaints. Costco's CEO had a quick response to climate protesters this week. Costco's Ron Vacaris says he will discuss carbon reduction plans with Citi, the credit card issuer that Costco uses. Protesters have pushed the Issaquah warehouse giant on the matter. And while we're talking Costco, its stores had a very big hot dog year. In the shareholders meeting yesterday, Vacris announced that they sold just under 200 million hot dog and soda combos in 2023. That's nearly 50 million more dogs than 2022. But one other pork product is giving Costco some bad press this week. A charcuterie pack sold at its stores has made at least four people in Washington sick. The meat in question is tied to a salmonella outbreak. It's an antipasto pack by the brand Fratelli Beretta, and people can return it for a refund or just toss it. In election news today, Republicans in Congress are now asking the U.S. Supreme Court to keep Donald Trump on the primary ballot in Colorado, but one person's not on board. Washington Republican Congressman Dan Newhouse. David Hyde has more. Last month, Colorado's Supreme Court threw Donald Trump off the state's primary ballot, calling him an insurrectionist in the January 6th attacks. The case is now headed to the U.S. Supreme Court. And this week, a supermajority of Republicans in Congress, including Kathy McMorris-Rogers of Washington State, signed an amicus brief to support Trump. They claim the former president can't be an insurrectionist because he quickly called for peace. 
but Washington's Dan Newhouse didn't sign on. Newhouse is one of just 10 Republicans in the U.S. House who voted to impeach Trump. And in an interview earlier this week, Newhouse would not commit to backing Trump for president, even if he's the GOP nominee. The U.S. Supreme Court is scheduled to hear the Colorado case early next month. David Hyde, KUOW News. Artificial intelligence is back on our minds again today. The state schools now have guidelines for how to use AI in schools. You heard that yesterday. What about guidelines for the whole state to adhere to? That came up during a key message delivered to Washington lawmakers this week. Jeannie Lindsay reports. Questions around artificial intelligence have been on the rise as more people use tools that create content like the chatbot, ChatGPT. Rob Eleveld co-founded a nonprofit aimed at strengthening AI regulations. He says simple kitchen appliances have more rules around them than AI does. There is less accountability or responsibility for releasing any AI model today than there is to release a toaster. His remarks come as lawmakers consider creating a new state task force to study AI. The group would then make policy recommendations for the legislature. There's broad agreement that AI deserves a closer look and some legal guardrails, but lawmakers still have to figure out who should be on the task force and how quickly any new protections should be put up. I'm Jeannie Lindsay in Olympia. Before we go, some fodder for your weekend conversations and a few things to do. First, who's got one of the best digital libraries in the world? We do. The King County Library System has the third largest digital circulation in the world, according to Overdrive, which runs the Overdrive and Libby apps. The top three libraries for ebooks and audiobooks are King County, Toronto, and Los Angeles. Cirque du Soleil's in town. Check out their show, which apparently starts with a deceased clown, tomorrow, Saturday, at Climate Pledge Arena. If you're looking for winter fun, you can now rent sleds and snowshoes right on the mountain at Snoqualmie. REI has a weekend pop-up shop at the Hayek Snow Park. And Lunar New Year is now closer to becoming a state holiday. A legislative committee passed the bill today. And that's a wrap from the KUOW Newsroom in Seattle. Our producer's Andy Hurst, and I'm Paige Browning. We'll be back Monday with another episode. Have a great weekend.